Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Some of you this morning, because of a tragedy, you can't live life. You're living in the past. Let God heal you this morning. Jacob says, I'll go to my grave mourning my son for the next 22 years. Miserable. So how do I do it? Here it is. Quickly. Forgive the person or the accident or the car or the drunk person or whatever it was. Leaving the screen door open. The kid falls in the book. I don't know what it was. Forgive it. Most people carry scars from events in their lives. Many times, these events keep us, to an extent, stunted in our development. Oftentimes, we get frustrated because we seem unable to mature further in our walk with God and don't know why. Pastor Mark is using the story of Joseph, who had a messed up family dynamic, and as a result was treated quite horribly by his brothers. We will find out, though, that Joseph didn't seem to hold any lasting grudges against those who wronged him. He was able to prosper in spite of the injustices perpetrated against him, and God was able to use him powerfully. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 27 with part three of his message, Real Hurts. And I don't trust people. And I can't be open to my kids. And I can't be intimate, not in a sexual way, but an intimate way with my husband or wife. I, I can't let them know how I really feel because I was just raised in a home that you never showed emotion. God wants to free you of that today. He wants you to be real. Because when that bag is empty, life is much more pleasurable. What does Satan want to do? It's your choice. So you just say to God, you name it this morning. And by the way, I'm not into this. I don't think you have to name 143 things. Remember I talked about digging? Just say, God, some of the stuff that I've been doing and blaming my relatives... I ask you to take it today, and I'm going to be different. Thanks for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, when you get saved, when you went back and accepted Jesus Christ, and you confessed your sins, how many sins did you confess? Okay, did you start naming them? You'd be here till when? (laughs) Plus, if you're older, you have Alzheimer's, you could never even remember half of them. But he saved you, didn't he? Do you understand what I'm trying to say this morning? Well, I want to bring you and my grandfather, my great-grandfather on the left side and then on the right side. And the left side. Forget it. Just be freed this morning in the name of Jesus. Turn to Genesis 37. 
Now put your seatbelts on because we're going to go fast. Joseph was born, as you know, to Jacob. Joseph's a man of 17. He's the favored son. They're always handling sheep and taking care of sheep in the nation of Israel. And in verse 2, Jacob sends Joseph as a 17-year-old boy out to, well, just to watch on his other brothers. And you see at the end of verse 2, he brought back the father a bad report about them. So here's a 17-year-old that probably doesn't use too much wisdom because he's kind of a tattletale. You're going to see this dysfunctional family coming to life in these verses. Look at verse 3. Now Israel, or Jacob, loved Joseph more than the other sons because he had been born in an old age and made a richly ornamented robe for him. By the way, parents, if you're here this morning and you consciously pay a special attention to one over another or this one and that, stop it. That's destructive. God gave you all of your children. Well, I like the one that's kind of like me. No, I like the one that isn't like you to bring balance into your life. (laughs) Some of you raised in a home where you were the black sheep. Give it to God this morning. God loves you. No black sheep in God's family. Because of this, notice verse 4. When the brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him. And could not speak a kind word to him. Now it gets worth, and I'll just paraphrase this for you really quickly. In these next few verses, watch me. Joseph, as a young man, God gives him two dreams at 17. Gives him two dreams. The dreams won't happen for 22 years. Joseph doesn't know when they're going to happen. He probably shouldn't have shared the dreams. Because both of the dreams say this. The first dream is that his other 11 brothers... One day they're going to bow down to Joseph. Now, he's a young guy and they already hate his guts. That isn't like the, hey guys, you know what? God told me one day you're going to bow down to me. That's not exactly wisdom. (laughs) The second dream, and not only would the brothers bow down, but mom and dad would bow down. In this patriarchal society, you can imagine, and dad kind of says, will we bow down to you? So either because Joseph's naive or whatever, we don't really just use his bad judgment. He shares both of these dreams. By the way, God gives us dreams. Some of you this morning don't believe God can give you a dream. God can give you a dream. He wants to give you a dream. He wants you to be positive about life. He wants you to see life. He wants you to know that good things are coming your way. It's going to include hurts, but good things overall are coming. He wants you to know that. Dream dreams. He said, well, Pastor Mike, I've dreamed dreams, but they've been crushed. Well, then just dream another one. (laughs) Say, God... I want to be used the best way you know how. God will do it. Joseph has these. Because of this, there's jealousy. There's more hatred. Things aren't good. All of a sudden, if you look down to verse 17, the boys have gone out with the sheep again. Dad says to Joseph, go find him. He finds him in this area called Dothan. Notice in verse 17, so Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dotham. Verse 18, but they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that ferocious animals have devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dream. 
Now, when Reuben, one of the other brothers, heard this, he tried to rescue him from before their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. God is in control behind the scenes. God is in control behind the scenes. God is in control behind the scenes. Joseph has a dream. He's just walking up. Here's his brothers. He has no idea what they're talking about him. As he's approaching them, they're, they're going, psh, psh, let's kill a guy. Let's get rid of him. Joseph doesn't know. Does God know? Sure, he puts Reuben in there. He puts Reuben, one of the, one of the other sons, and he says to Reuben, you better save Joseph. So Reuben makes a suggestion. Let's save Joseph. Let me remind you this morning. You can be very positive about your life because God's in total control. Some of you are so... Where's my tape? Some of you are so filled with fear that you can't ever enjoy life. What if the business does that? What if I get this? What's going to happen if I have this sign out of my leg? You ladies, when you do your monthly present, oh my God, what, if one month, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to our kids? What's going to do this? And every part of your life is filled with fear. You'll never enjoy life. God gave Joseph a dream. The dream won't happen for 22 years. God's going to take care of Joseph until the dream comes. It doesn't matter what the brothers plot. And by the way, this morning, God's going to take care of you until he's done with you. And if you're Christian, when he's done with you, the next breath in heaven, hallelujah. I hope you have a big funeral for me, but I'm out of here. (laughs) I won't be at it. Until then, quit fearing this morning. Get victory over that. It's not from God. So through this series of circumstances... We'll look down. They put Joseph in this pit, and they take his robe from him, and they sit down to eat a meal. Look down in verse 25, and all of a sudden, they see this caravan coming of Ishmaelites. They're on their way with camels and all kinds of spices and balm and myrrh, and they're, and they're going to take this group down to Egypt. So the brothers say, in verse 26, Judah, here's another one that saves them. Well, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother. And the brothers agreed. So when the Midianites merchants came, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Now when Reuben, evidently he was away when this took place, returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there. He tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. What, where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in the blood. And they took the ornamented robe back to their father and said, what did they say? Take a look. What did they say? Well, here's a wild animal that, Dad, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, but look at this coat. Wild animal got Joseph. We found him. We didn't even know when it happened. Here's his coat. Obviously, that's what happened. Now, let me stop for a moment. Grandfather was a deceiver. Jacob was a deceiver. Now, 11 of the sons are into what? Deception. Well, Pastor Mark, there's that generational curse. Can't be broken. Really? One son is not. Joseph. Why? He chose to be different. No more excuses this morning. You ever look at the generation and the tree, the family tree of Jesus? 
prostitutes of Jesus. Yeah. When we finish this series, we'll start the book of Matthew. You'll see it. So all of a sudden, he says, I recognize that it's my son's robe. Some ferocious animals devoured him, and Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Verse 34, then Jacob tore his clothes. He put on a sackcloth, and he mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he, circle the word for me, he refused to be comforted. No, he said, in the morning, in morning, in morning, I will go down to the grave to my son, so the father wept. Here's a statement you want to write. Mourning for a season is healthy, but mourning for a lifetime is bondage. See, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, we should mourn. There is a time for mourning, but then there's a time for happiness and getting over it. Every single one of us in this building have lost lost loved ones. And I want you to understand what I'm saying by that statement. That is not a hard statement. That is not a cruel statement. That's not an insensitive statement. And I'm going to share something with you that I've never shared before ever in my whole life. One of the things that happens in our lives is when you're going through a series like this, and we have thousands and thousands of people that have been here this weekend, you look at me and go, well, this guy's not been through any hurts. It's nice for him to tell me that, but what about, what about the child that I lost, or the son that I lost, or the husband or wife that I lost, or the mom or dad, and the disaster? What about that? You go through that bomber and see how you do with this. Here's a picture for you. This is our family. The guy with the big ears out, that's me. My dad and mom, my brother. My dad entered the ministry at 18. He preached into his 70s. My mom, both of them, they met at Bible college. My mom and dad were always active in the ministry. My mom's father was a pastor. In those days, a wife and a husband that were in the ministry, you went everywhere together. You're just always together. When I was in college one year, my brother was 16. Something happened to our home. My mom was 45. She contacted breast cancer. We prayed. We had people in to pray. We believed. One day after my dad died, I found his record of notable events. I wonder now why I keep journals. I know. By the way, I wonder why I go overtime. I blame my dad. Don't cast that curse out of me this morning. (laughs) I want you to read this because I discovered it many years later. December 7th, 1963. My mother's name was Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, because she was born on the day before Christmas. December 7th, 1963. I took my little Mary to Wyandotte Hospital. Three days later, December 10th, my little Mary died. Saddest day of my life. It's my dad's journal. December 13th, 1963. Buried my wife, Mary. Oh, God. Why? Question mark. Question mark. For the next few months, I would wake up at night and I'd hear my dad down in the basement He went all the way down the basement, got up out of the bedroom, went down the basement, and he'd be weeping. You know, when you hear your parents weep, it's pretty tough. 
And I'd hear him saying quietly to God, God, why? You took my only support, my wife. I tried to serve you. Why? A few months later, he began to work through it. He was back in the pulpit. You see, if I hadn't learned to deal with that hurt then, you'd have never watched me standing here now. I know what it is to have hurts. Let me read you some more. Three years later, November 12th, my dad writes, perform marriage of my son Mark Balmer and Linda Kinberg. You see, life goes, it goes on. Now, does it mean when I see my mom or whatever that, that, that there isn't a tear or there isn't a, For sure. But life goes on. For me, I've never been back to my mom or my dad's grave. You might be different. That's fine. Why? I remember my life. And then I won't tell you, but just a couple years later, <laughs> dad and I, before this time, well, we double dated. And I have to look in my mirror and say, Dad, cut it out there in the back seat. <laughs> this is incredible. A couple years later, my dad remarried. Does that mean he, he forgot his first wife? No. He can't ever forget. But life goes on. Some of you this morning, because of a tragedy, you can't live life. You're living in the past. Let God heal you this morning. Jacob says, I'll go to my grave mourning my son for the next 22 years. Miserable. So how do I do it? Here it is. Quickly. Forgive the person or the accident or the car or the drunk person or whatever it was. Leaving the screen door open. The kid falls in the I don't know what it was. Forgive it. And then forgive God. Now, I put forgive God because some of you are angry at God. God didn't do that. God didn't take my mom. The sin world took my mom. So forgive him and get on with your life. Back in verse 36, Joseph arrives in Egypt at 17. Can you imagine? All the things that have been on his tape. Are there much on his tape? He gets there at 17, and you might think, well, Joseph, this perfect person, he had these hurts, but he just was powerful, and he overcame them, and he never had any negative thoughts. No, in Genesis chapter 42, don't turn there this morning, he says this, later his brother says this, surely we're being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was, and how he pleaded for us when he was in the pit for his life. That was all here. Joseph was rejected, hurting big time. Well, how will he get over it? How will he handle those past hurts? And all this is just the beginning. We just started. Wait till you see the other things that are going to come into his life. How will he handle them? Here's the keys you want to write this morning. Look at Genesis 39. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of the Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. Look at chapter 39, verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph, in Egypt, 17, rejected. God was with him. Second thing you want to underscore, and he prospered. 
Pastor Mike, I got so much stuff on my tape, there's no way I can prosper. Yes, you can. So here's how to be set free from a hurtful past. Just a couple things and we're through. Number one, stay in relationship with God. Now, the only way Joseph is going to handle it, he was in a godless nation, but God was with him. If you're not a Christian this morning, there's no way for you to handle life. You can't. Because in your own strength, you can't play mind over matter. You can't get real peace. It only comes from God. You won't be able to write these down. Number one, realize that God lives in you this morning. If you're a Christian, God lives in me. Number two, realize that God is for you. Joseph could have said, God, thanks a lot. 17, tried to be right, tried to do the right things. Here I am a slave in Egypt. Why are you against me? God wasn't against him. Number three, remember God will never leave you. He's miles and miles away. Where is he? God's with him. Next. So you have to repeat in your mind, because Satan is saying to some of you this morning already, well, your background is too strong. God doesn't like you. He's against you, and you're the only one. That... No, that's a lie. So Joseph has to repeat. He doesn't even know this principle, because it comes from the New Testament, but he knows the principle. God is working all things for good. God hasn't left him. God is for him, and he's going to work, all that's... And he's going to work it out in your life this morning, too. And last, there has to be some joy. You see, Joseph becomes very prosperous. He becomes very successful. And you'll see as we go through over the next, he rises to the second most powerful person in a nation that's totally pagan. That's God. He's got to smile. He's got to rejoice. So you and I, you have to think about this. How did this process work? How did it work? Here's the next thing to write down this morning. God showed Joseph how to forget. Remember, Joseph named his son, and he said that it is because God has made me forget. God has made me forget. And here's a big key that I leave you with. We cannot forget without first forgiving. What is real forgiveness? What is real change? And you see the homework assignment? Psalms 40, verses 1 through 3 and 16 through 17. Now, look at the last verse. Remember how we started this morning? Here's how we started. Look at it. In this world, you'll have tribulations and trials and distress and frustration. How many remember that? But that wasn't the end of the verse. But, 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 but. There's a but in there. Notice what it says. But be of good cheer. Got to be from England. Be of good cheer. See it? Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. We're going to change this morning. If you choose to change, you'll change. Now, after the service, if you're not a believer, right over here is one of our elders. He's standing right here. You have to have God in your life. You will never, ever succeed without God. We all want to be free from hurts in our past. Pastor Mark has been teaching using the story of Joseph how God can help us heal from bad stuff we've experienced. He talked about the need to be in and maintain a relationship with God. We were reminded that if God is with us, that he will empower us to overcome and even forgive those who wronged us. 
Today's message from Pastor Mark's Prison Break series is available to be listened to again online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com or find out how you can order a CD copy for only $5. Pastor Mark has also written a book covering the same topics, teaching biblical truths to help us deal with hurts from the past. This book is available for purchase online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com or by giving us a call at 866-779-3441. Again, that's 866-779-3441. This is the end of the message, Real Hurts. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the teaching, Real Forgiveness. We'll be reminded that as Christ followers, we've received forgiveness for our sins from God. We'll learn the importance of forgiveness and the toll unforgiveness takes on our bodies. We will be instructed on our need to be able to forgive in the same way God forgave us. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.